0: You might like to uh, open your iPods, your Bibles, your iPhones, and your Bible app. Only a few verses this morning from Matthew chapter 11. Not a long reading this morning, only a few verses. Just a, very, just a few verses this morning from Matthew chapter 11 this morning. Um, Biblegateway.com is, is the website that I like to use. If you haven't got a physical Bible on you, um, of course, if you've got a phone, uh, you can look up a uh, website, Bible Gateway, or get an app on your phone, a Bible app. I can recommend a few Bible apps to you as well. That way you've always got your Bible on you, no matter where you go. Um, I use my, my Bible app all the time. It does save me lugging around a huge Bible. So I can recommend an, an app to you. If you haven't already got a Bible app on your phone, um, please, uh, please download one this week as my challenge to you, my homework for you this coming week. This morning's reading. Is a is a real contrast. Jesus is changing gears this morning. The last few weeks we've heard about how Jesus has been talking about some hard things, some difficult things. He's been using some very strong words to talk about what it means to be his follower. We've heard Jesus call people to him. He's he's called people and he said, "Come, follow me." Has been his simple instruction. Been his his very simple call. Come. Follow me, be my, my follower, my disciple, my, my learner, my, my apprentice. And then we've heard him send them out. He's called them in and then he has sent them out. He's sent them out to bring his, his words of life to, uh, to, to the towns around him. He's he sent them out, uh, he's sent out his disciples and say, Go and tell them that the kingdom of God has, has drawn near to be setting people free from all that heals them, body and, and mind and in spirit. But he's been, he's been very upfront. He's been very, very clear that this is going to be a difficult task. Jesus has been talking about some, some strong concepts, like he's sending them out as like sheep among wolves is what he said. He said there's going to be some, some hard times. He's talked about floggings, about being arrested. He's talked about being hated on account of him. He's even talked about being betrayed, even by members of your own family, even to the point of death. Some tough stuff, some difficult stuff. But today, it's talk of rest and and comfort, of light burdens and easy yokes. We go, ah, that's more like it. That's what we want to hear from you, Jesus, we say. Gentle masters are much more to our liking if we, if we must have masters at all in 2023. We don't like thinking of ourselves as having a, a master of our life. But if we are going to have one, we want to have one with a, an easy yoke, with a light burden to bear. So give us plenty of that, thanks, Jesus. But his words aren't all that they seem. Let's have a look at this passage from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Jesus says, come to me. Yes, glory to you alone, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for these wonderful promises of Jesus. We pray that you might help us to understand them, help us to unpack it this morning, help us to understand what Jesus truly means, and we pray that you might help us to apply it in our lives this week. We pray that we might not be simply hearers of the word, but doers of the word. We pray that my words might be your words, Father. We pray that I might decrease and you increase in all that is said and in all that is heard. And All the people said? Amen. Now, to understand what Jesus is meaning here by this term of being yoked, we need to go back and have a look at the context. It's always good to have a look at the context of what Jesus is saying here. In fact, we need to have a look at the immediate context of what Jesus was just saying, but also the broader cultural context of uh, of of what Jesus is speaking into here with his talk of, of, of of being yoked. Of course, a yoke is, is like a harness that would go around the shoulders of a beast of burden, like an, an ox or a, or a mule or, or a donkey or something that would carry a, carry a heavy burden, a mule that would carry a, a, a heavy load. But the real clue to this teaching is that this word yoke was often used in those days to mean the teaching, was used to mean the law. A yoke was used to describe the law of Moses. You were yoked to the law. If you're a good Jew, you were you yoked to the law of, of Yahweh. And, and in particular, you would use the term yoke to speak of a particular rabbi's interpretation of the law. You would become a follower of a rabbi and you will be yoked to that rabbi. You, you would take on that rabbi's yoke. You see, the rabbis would interpret the law. They had the law of Moses, of course, but it needed interpreting. And so they would add to it a whole list of other rules and regulations as a way of understanding and, and applying the law through their particular filter, through their particular lens. So you would take on your particular rabbi's particular yoke. You would be yoked to your rabbi, would, would, would be burdened by, by their yoke, take on their yoke, which meant you were, you were agreeing, you were... You are committing to their particular view, their particular understanding of the scriptures and how to live it out. So Jesus isn't inventing this concept. He's using what was a well-understood concept of being yoked to the law and being yoked to a particular rabbi's yoke, particular rabbi's interpretation of the law. So that's the broader cultural context, but... The immediate context here is that Jesus, earlier on in the chapter, has been sharply criticizing the religious leaders of his day. When we started a little bit earlier on our journey through Matthew, I mentioned that Matthew's gospel is particularly critical of the Pharisees. It's written to a largely Jewish audience, so he feels at liberty to to really strongly critique the religious leaders of of his day. And Jesus here is going after the Pharisees, going after the religious establishment. And in fact, he's compared them, I think in verse 13, in verse 16, he compares them to, to children, to precocious children, to, to delinquent children, to, to children that are never happy with what they've got. He compares them to children that are whinging, that are, that are, for whom they're never happy with what they have, that are never happy with their circumstances. He's saying, nothing is ever good enough for these people. No matter what I do, they're going to condemn me. He says, well, they condemn me for being a bit of a party animal. They condemn me for for partying with with sinners, with all the wrong crowd. But they did the same thing for my cousin John. And and he actually lived a, a pretty pure lifestyle. He actually lived out in the desert. He was a very holy, contemplative lifestyle. So Jesus is saying, you just can't win with some people. You just can't win with some people. I'm wondering, have you ever felt that way about someone? I just can't win with this person. No matter what I say or no matter what I do, it just never seems to be good enough. But maybe let me challenge you and ask, have you ever felt that way about yourself? I just never seem to get it right. I just never seem to live up to my own my own standard. I'm never really happy with, with where I'm at or, or what I've achieved or what I'm able to say and do. Uh, no matter how much I work, no matter, no matter how many hours I put in, no matter how much money I save, no matter how much I diet, no matter how much I exercise, no matter what you insert your thing. But you know what I'm saying? It, it never seems to be enough. Never truly satisfied with with where I'm at. If that's you, then lean in this morning because today's message is, is for you, friend. You see, the Pharisees were making faith in Yahweh, making faith in, in God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. They were turning it into a, a terrible burden. They'd turned it into a religion of rule keeping. They'd turn it into a religion that was weighing people down. In fact, later on in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 23, Jesus forgets the metaphor of a yoke. it just comes right out and says it. He says, these people lay heavy burdens on the people. They were laying heavy burdens on people's backs. So the rabbis would say there's over 600 laws. If you look through the books of Moses, 600 laws for you to obey in there. But of course, all the rabbis would then come and, and add a whole bunch more on top of the particular interpretation. They were weighing down the people. So the image here is of a strong ox, but weighed down by the burdens all the crap, the religious nonsense that the religious leaders were, were loading people were people down with. Do this. Don't do that. That was their faith. That was their religion. And I use that word religion in the, in the bad sense of the word, just following rules and regulations. A whole bunch of do plenty of this, but don't you dare do any of that. Get it right. Don't mess up. Terrible, terrible burden to bear. What a drag. Imagine living that sort of a life. That form of religion was and still is just a a crippling burden to, to place on people. I mean, think about it for a second. Think about if you were to say to a child or to your spouse, or even, you know, even just to a friend, or to anybody really, imagine if you said to them, I'm only going to love you if you get it right. I'm only going to love you if, if you don't mess up. I mean, what sort of a relationship would that be? It would be an abusive one, wouldn't it? It would be a pretty twisted relationship, wouldn't it? This sort of relationship means everybody just gets hurt. It's a, it's a shocking theology. It's a shocking way of teaching people that, that that's how God thinks of them. It can actually end up to, in, in terrible forms of spiritual abuse, in fact. It really affects people. It even affects their, their well-being. It leads people away from God. People are right to walk away from that sort of teaching. It's a terrible burden to bear. It doesn't fit the human soul. It doesn't bring you any closer to God. It doesn't enrich your life. It's just a burden, thinking you have to earn God's love, constantly earning God's love constantly accruing enough brownie points and not getting enough you know, points to bring you back down the scale uh, in order for you to somehow reach some sort of heavenly pass mark people are right to reject that sort of religion, it'll only end up in one of two places, a terrible sanctimonious air of superiority where you think you're better than other people, or it'll end up in a a frustration and an anger where you just reject God altogether because you know you can never, ever measure up. The good news this morning, friends, is that Jesus comes and blows that away. He offers another path altogether. So I want you to hear very clearly this morning, friend, God's love for you is never, never the result of your actions. You've heard heard me say before, there's nothing you can do that's going to make God love you anymore. There's nothing you can do that's going to make God love you any less. Amen. He loves you. He made you. He loves you. He's never going to stop loving you, never going to stop pursuing you, no matter who you are or where you've been or, or what you've done. Amen? Amen. We need to hear that. This week I heard a story of a, of a, of a pet store delivery truck driver, and he'd just been to uh, pick up a load of budgies. He'd been to his budgie wholesaler. And he'd picked up four tons of budgies. There's a lot of budgies, isn't it? Four tons of budgies. And he'd picked up this load of budgies in his truck. But at every stoplight, at every stop sign, he'd get out of the cabin of his truck, grab his cricket bat, and start bashing the sides of his truck. And an onlooker saw this and said, mate, what are you doing? You say, well, mate, I've just got a big load of budgies. I've got four tons of budgies in the truck, but it's only a two-ton truck. I need to keep two tons of budgies constantly in the air at all times. Do you ever ever feel like that? Having to keep all the budgies in the air, keep all the balls in the air, lest it all come crashing down? I think sometimes it can feel like that. Life can feel like that. I've got so much going on, so many balls in the air. If you feel like that, friends, this is the passage for you. This yoke that Jesus offers is, in fact, a gift. It's a liberation that he's offering you. Stop trying to bash the world into submission. Stop trying to do everything yourself. This is radical stuff. Submitting to someone, submitting that by taking on a yoke to find life, what I'm going to harness myself, in order to find liberation, this is really counterintuitive. This is really countercultural, isn't it, in our modern day where it's all about me, where we're just blasted, bombarded by the world about messages of self actualization and self empowerment. You are enough. You do you. You can go your own way. The four wheel drive that I drove here in this morning spends millions of dollars blasting into my home, and I'm sure yours too. You can go your own way. I even downloaded the song. I downloaded the song, and I play it on holidays, and I slip in a four-wheel drive, and we go off the, f- the driveways are like, over a kilometre long, and we slip in a four-wheel drive, and I go up over the fjording, the, over the paddocks and down through the streams, and I turn on, you can go your own way. My kids roll my eye, roll their eyes, and my young and beautiful wife says, turn it off, it's all right. But it's a wonderful, empowering message. You can go your own way. Do your own thing. You do you. You, just, you make the rules for you. You can do it. You are enough. You don't need to listen to anybody else. You can go your own way. It's a great, catchy song, and it's a great, catchy concept. But for church, it's a lie. Counterfeit. You're not really, you're not really free at all. So maybe hear it, Jesus' words this way. Can I encourage you to hear it? Take my yoke upon you. Can I encourage you to think we're all actually yoked to something? We're all following something. We're all chasing after something. We're all burdened by something. We're all worshiping something. You've got to worship something. Whether you like it or not, you're. You are in fact yoked, even if it's not obvious, even if you don't like to admit it. You're not really free, even if it is the great Aussie pastime of simply being yoked to pursuing your own agendas, your own pleasure, hedonism, the pursuit of pleasure, I reckon is a great Aussie pastime. So many Aussies I know, my own tribe, my own clan, are hell-bent on pursuing their own pleasure of getting the four-wheel drive and going their own way, doing their own thing. You've got to live for something. The trouble is all of those fancy four-wheel drives are one day just going to rust and fade away. Even sitting on the couch watching TV, watching Netflix or your favourite streaming service, really, is that ultimately when you think about it, you're actually just being yoked to the same old corruption and selfishness that is in fact deadly. If you're yoked to anything other than Jesus, it's a deadly entanglement. Jesus says, come to me, take my yoke upon you, reject the yokes of this world, cast them off and take on my yoke. By taking on Jesus' yoke, it is the only way to avoid being yoked to the temporal things of this world that will not go the distance. Note to the little phrase you might not have seen, it often slips through the cracks. Just as an aside, he says, take my, and learn from me. I think it's a little encouragement here, a little reminder, just a little bit of, hey guys, learn from, learning is a process. Learning isn't an instant thing. Jesus isn't talking about coming to church once and, and getting your head sprinkled with water and getting some magical ticket into heaven. He's not talking about coming to church once and performing some religious ritual or getting your little membership card of a particular church and thinking, I'm going to wave it as I walk through the pearly gates one day. Jesus isn't talking about that. He's talking about learning. This is a a process. This is a lifelong journey following and submitting to Jesus. It's the only way to find true fulfillment. It's interesting also, I want you to have a think about too, but that Jesus is perhaps being a little bit ambiguous here about where he's placing himself in this metaphor. There's a couple of different ways of interpreting this yoke metaphor. Jesus could be in a couple of different positions. Either one of them work. Firstly, Jesus could be saying, well, take, take my yoke upon you in terms of I, I, I'm the driver, I'm the bullock driver in your life. He's saying, wrestle control of the reins from sin and take it back and give it to me. Give me the reins of your life. Let me guide your life. I, I, I find this incredibly liberating when I have to admit to myself, I don't know where I'm going. Now, blokes, we don't like to admit that we don't know where we're going. We're driving, do we? The same is true in life. It's sometimes hard to admit we don't actually know where we're going. God knows best. So Jesus could be saying, you know what, let me have the reins. There's a uh, pretty, uh, pretty corny old... Country music song. It's called Jesus Take the Wheel, right? It's handing the steering wheel of your life back to Jesus. The ancient concept is to take the reins. Jesus, take the reins of my life. I'm, I'm surrendering control. I'm giving you the direction of where you want to go in in my life. But Jesus saying, could be saying, hand me the reins. It's actually a huge relief when you think about it. But there is another alternative here. They're, they're an even more pay, Jesus may be actually offering to do even more than simply take the reins of your life. Jesus could actually be offering to get in and work alongside you. Jesus may well actually be thinking here of a double yoke, a double oxen. You see, an oxen when it's being trained doesn't actually learn by watching what the fella in charge does. Does he? Doesn't the, a bullock doesn't learn by by watching what the the ox driver does an ox actually learns by being yoked with a more experienced oxen in a in a double yoke working together i love this image jesus could well be thinking of this double yoke and thinking come and labor alongside me labor with me let me partner with you this kind of makes sense because this word uh, disciple means more than just a student or a pupil. it sort of has a meaning of being an apprentice, right? As a disciple, we learn on the job, from the master, as we go. And I don't know about you, but I find this imagery incredibly appealing, incredibly comforting, knowing that, you know what, I'm not strong enough to pull this load. I'm not actually clever enough. I don't actually know where I'm going. I love the idea that, Jesus calls me to get in the harness with him and that he's right beside me and we're laboring shoulder to shoulder, amen. He's calling us to work with him to get the job done that he is calling us to. There's No secret formula. There's no amount of work, no amount of hours you need to put in. There's no secret product, no amazing tool. There's no establishment you need to visit. There's no particular method. There's no super food that'll get the job done to make you healthy, wealthy, and wise. The fact of the matter is, friend, you need to realize that you're never actually going to be good enough. When you wonder, am I ever gonna be good enough? Well, frankly, the answer is is going to be no, and you have to learn to be okay with that. Stop playing this ridiculous game of life trying to win. One of my favourite movies growing up in the 80s was a movie called War Games. It started very young Matthew Broderick. Uh, we're talking pre-Ferris Bueller days. Uh, check it out, War Games. It's set back in the very early days of computer hacking, when these newfangled computers started to get all hooked up together and, you could, and some hackers would, would literally um, hack into the major companies of the world because They would use their own company name as their own password, things like that back in the 80s. The story goes that he manages to hack into the Defence Department's new supercomputer. And he actually ends up being the hero of the story because this fancy new supercomputer goes rogue and wants to launch a preemptive nuclear strike on Russia in order to win the game that it's war-gamed out called Global Thermonuclear War. Matthew Broderick helps the military generals and indeed the computer itself to realise it is impossible to win at global thermonuclear war. The conclusion of the film is that the only way to win at global thermonuclear war is to not play. Can I get an hallelujah? This school kid sees what a room full of military experts cannot see, that playing this game is a fool's errand. So too, I think, Jesus is trying to tell us to not play this game. Put down the burdensome task of trying to win at this game of life. Come to me. Come to Jesus himself. I will lighten your load. I'll give you rest. I'll give your life a purpose. I'll give you rest, rejuvenation. In essence, Jesus is saying, if you want your life, to make sense, if you really want to make progress, if you really want to live your life with honesty and integrity in a way that makes sense, in a way that is sustainable over all of life's journey and indeed into eternity, come to me. Come and be who you were created to be. All the other alternatives are going to fall short. One word of warning though before we finish up. The NIV translates it has as come to me uh, for my for my burden is, is, is easy my yoke is easy that's an unfortunate translation of, of the Greek here for this word easy to our modern ears sort of implies as though everything's just a snap. Coming to Jesus is easy it sort of implies that there's not actually going to ask much of us. This word easy sort of implies that everything will be everything will be pretty breezy and cheerful, and it's not going to take much effort or determination on our part. But of course, as those of you who have been following Jesus for any length of time will know, that's simply not the case. The uh, New English Bible perhaps has a better translation. It actually says that my yoke is good to bear. Come to me, my yoke is good to bear. It's a way of saying this yoke fits. It's designed for you. It's actually effective. It's actually going to give your life purpose and meaning and and wholeness. It actually is a way for you to find your deepest humanity, as a matter of fact. You're created in God's image. You were created to be yoked with Jesus. This is how you will find your deepest satisfaction, friend. If you've been lacking satisfaction, Jesus is saying, This is the way. Come to me. Reject those other yokes. Be yoked to me. For this is the right fit for you. And here's the really good news. This yoke is a free gift. You don't have to earn it. There's no accruing any brownie points. You don't have to qualify for it somehow. It's given to you as a free gift. This is the amazing grace of which we sing. Just accept his offer. Jump into the harness. Just as you are that's how I want you as we sing. The sooner you embrace this truth that you're never going to be enough and you need to stop laboring at the things of this world, the better. Understand that this is a free gift, that he wants you with him, regardless of who you are or where you've been. Why would anybody want to turn that down? So many people sort of know this up here, but they never actually buy into Jesus. They never really harness up with him. It's like leaving a wonderful, unopened Christmas present sitting underneath the tree. Friend, if that's you this morning, can I encourage you to come down the front after the service or pray with you, and you can accept this free gift of true life, of meaning and purpose in your life, to be yoked with Jesus, to find your calling in this life and the next. Please come and and let me know. I'd love to pray with you today if that's you. Let me leave you with an example from history. A couple of men that discovered this truth and owned it for themselves. Back from the 1500s, a very dark time in history, a bunch of religious wars were underway. Two Protestants, two prominent Protestants um, by the name of Nicholas Ridley and Hugh Latimer were burnt at the stake under the rule of a bloody Queen Mary, a a Catholic queen, in some very dark days for England and indeed for, for the church and sharing an embrace on their execution day, just before they were executed, before they were going to be burnt at the stake, horrible. I mean, this is torture. Ridley reportedly said to Latimer, be of good cheer, brother, for God will either assuage the fury of the flames or strengthen us to abide. it." Latimer is reported to have responded, be of good comfort, Master Ridley. We shall this day, by God's grace, light a candle in England that shall never be put out. What an inspiring example of two men who had been yoked with Jesus and knew that regardless of what would come, even in the face of torture and a terrible death, they knew that they were following Jesus to life. So friends, come. Come to Jesus today. Come to him, all of you who are weary and burdened. Hear his call today to be yoked to him, the yoke that fits you. Follow him, become his disciple, learn from him. Give up your independence. Give up your life and and live. Take up his yoke. You'll never have rest in your own work or in anything else in this world. Take up this yoke, this free gift of life. Feel off that internal reproach once and for all that you're never good enough. Have peace, have this peace worked into every corner of your life. Take this yoke upon you today, friends, and live. Amen. Amen? Let's pray. Almighty and eternal God, so draw our hearts to you, so guide our minds so fill our imaginations, so control our wills, that we may be wholly yours, utterly dedicated to you, laboring with you, for you, alongside you, for your will, for your glory, for your kingdom. And then, Father, use us as you will, always for your glory and for the welfare of your people. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Saviour and Lord, we pray. Amen.